You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered. Listener-supported. Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Benedict Jones. And I'm Cade Young. This is the WFHB Local News for Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. In today's feature report, host of WFHB's Firehouse Theater, Richard Fish, reports on Matilda the Music, presented by Constellation Stage and Screen. The show will be on stage December 14th to the 31st at the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater. More in today's feature report. Also coming up in the next half hour, Lil Bub's The Lil Show, a co-production between WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. But first, your local headlines. At the Bloomington Utility Services Board meeting on December 4th, Utilities engineer Phil Payton asked the board to approve two items, an agreement with the Weddell Brothers Building Group and an agreement with Champlin Haup Architects. We, we went through a, an extensive request for proposal process, and I want to give Kevin White a lot of credit, our, my colleague in engineering who handled a lot of this uh, work up front. So uh, we did a request for proposals for this project, and we got four submittals, all strong submittals, but uh, those rose to the top with uh, after our interview process, a review of those submittals, uh, the champlain was was the one that rose to the top. There was a six panel team that reviewed those. They were the assistant directors and Vic, and those were based on their work experience, their understanding of the project, what we were looking for, and cost, and some other items. Those were all scored and and uh, evaluated. Uh, Champlin comes with a great deal of experience, especially impressed with their experience on Duke sites where they've designed new service centers and maintenance and operation facilities for Duke. They seem to be very similar to what we're trying to accomplish for CBU. Board President Amanda Burnham commented, clarifying that these projects would cost a total of about $5 million. Director of Utilities Vic Kelson explained why these renovations are necessary is to acknowledge the fact that at this moment and for many years we have millions of dollars of equipment and materials rusting in the rain and they've been there for years and they're there today rusting in the rain uh, long term we're what the situation is for, for for utilities right now is that we have an insufficient building and we have insufficient parking we have insufficient garage we have insufficient covered storage. So the purpose of this project is really to create a long-term plan for the utilities department and how the utilities department continues to function. Kelson recommended they approve the money for now and then debate the specifics later down the road. What's important is if we stop at this point, then we begin probably from zero some months from now. The board approved all of the requests. The next order of business was a request for approval of repairs to the wastewater treatment plant. Capital Projects Manager for Bloomington Utilities, Dan Hudson, requested approval to repair and replace the plant-wide handrail system, piping and valves, and increase the capacity of the plant by adding a blower. 
Kelson explained that increasing the plant's capacity has been an ongoing process for years. Back in 2016, we finished a rake case for sewer. Uh, and about three weeks later, we received a letter from the uh, Indiana Department of Environmental Management saying that the plant had exceeded 90% of its rated capacity on average for three consecutive years. And by rule, we had to start making plans to expand the plant's capacity. And that, that order came in 2016. We've been working on it ever since. So uh, we did the first round of projects a couple of years ago. Uh, it took a long time working with IDEM about what kinds of things we were going to need to do. We were targeting 20 million gallons per day. But we, uh, uh, at the end of the day, because of other limitations in the physical plant, uh, we could only get them to agree to 19, and we have to add another blower to get to 19. So the reason we had to get from 15 to something higher than 15 is because we'd had this, it's called a sewer ban warning letter. Had, had we not taken action, eventually IDEM would stop allowing us to take on new connections in the Dillman Basin. The board approved the agreement. The next order of business was a request for the approval to fund five different stormwater projects that have to meet the following criteria MS4 program coordinator Liz Carter has laid out. We broke it into five major buckets. The first was equity. We wanted to make sure that we were looking at folks who didn't already have someone advocating for them as much as possible, so neighborhood associations, HOAs, someone else that was responsible for their drainage. We looked at community benefit, so if we fund your project, is the neighborhood going to be better both aesthetically and from a, a water quantity um, perspective, as well as a question of are we having multiple applicants? We are pleased that of the five projects we're funding, um, only one of them is a single homeowner. Everybody else has multiple properties involved. We looked at the environmental impact, um, such as what kind of green infrastructure are we getting from these projects? Um, what kind of water quality improvement are we having? Then we looked at feasibility, improved conveyance, collection, and detention. So that was Phil's part that he was really advising us on. And then lastly, we looked at the location of long-term issues. You know, are we were we looking at projects that we're receiving a lot of complaints about on a regular basis? Carter said they are not using the full 100000 this year and will instead reach out to people they think will need the money rather than people who come to them. Burnham said she was very pleased with their work. It's it's a fun it's a fun thing to be able to give money out and um, help others in the community and then also help the the overall storm system. So it's I'm I'm glad that we do this and um, thanks for your continued work on it. The next Bloomington Utility Services Board meeting will be held on December fourteenth. In today's feature report, host of WFHB's Firehouse Theater, Richard Fish reports on Matilda the Musical, presented by Constellation Stage and Screen. The show will be on stage December 14th through the 31st at the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater. We turn to Richard Fish for more.
Constellation Stage and Screen is putting on an amazing show at the Buskirk Chumley Theater that's breaking some records for them, and maybe for Bloomington, too. Matilda the Musical is all about kids, performed largely by kids, and for everyone and anyone. I found out about it when I talked to some of those involved, starting with the director, Kate Galvin. Matilda the Musical is adapted from the book by Roald Dahl. It was originally commissioned and produced over in the UK. It's a very British story. And then it moved to Broadway. And the success both on the West End and on Broadway and on tour is what led to a feature film adaptation which came out about a year ago. We've been looking at this show for a couple of years actually and It's really interesting. The music's fascinating, but you know, it's a big gamble. The holiday show every year has to be a really big show for our organization because it supports a lot of what else we do in this season. Mm -hmm. Because the Netflix film came out last year and it reached a much broader audience than a theatrical production can in New York or in London, I looked at it again and I heard from Gabe, our managing director, that his kids were just bonkers for it. And I heard that from a lot of parents. It's a story that really resonates with children. So that's something that is really important to us when we're choosing a musical to produce in the holiday season. Music is all live. Yep, we've got a, I think it's a nine-piece band on this one. All local musicians. There are a lot of children in the show, and Kate was enthusiastic about them all. We have two casts of all the young actors in the show. So we have a total of about 20 young actors in the show, and 10 will be on stage each night. So uh, when we do the show, we'll have, I think, I think it's about 30, 32 people on stage every night, but we've got a total of closer to 40 or 50 people in the show. The adults are all, you know, they'll do every performance, but our casts are switching every single show so that none of the kids have to do a two-show day. Noe and Miriam, who are our Matildas, they're doing a wonderful job. So I talked to those girls who are both playing the lead and are both already experienced performers. First, Noe Crothy. I've done a lot of shows before. I did Elf with Constellation last year, and I do shows with Stages Bloomington. I did Frozen Junior and Susical Junior. I really love singing, and I guess I just... It's fun to get to act like somebody else for uh, fun. (laughs) Then I talked with Miriam Spillman. I've done Christmas programs for our church, Mm -hmm. and I was also in um, Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus that Constellation did, Mm -hmm. and I played a little old lady in that. (laughs) But I had a wig, Uh a purple wig. (laughs) It was Uh really funny. They'll do a total of 22 performances. It's about three weeks. I haven't read the book or seen the movie, so I asked the girls to tell me what the story was about. Oh, well, the story is Matilda. She's, like, this very smart kid, and she knows, like, a lot, and she goes to this school where it's a really strict school, and it's run by Miss Trunchbull, who's very not nice, (laughs) and she just finds a way to help overthrow the Trunchbull and, like, get justice It's a little girl who is mistreated by her parents, and she goes to school, 
and there's the mean headmistress, Agatha Trunchbull. Everybody is scared of her. Miss Trunchbull and Amy Jo Jackson is playing that role for us. Just incredible in this part. It's going to be one of the highlights of the show. And then she discovers that she has this magical power and she can like move things with her eyes. There's some really fun magic in the show and we are lucky that Chad Rabinovitz, who's our artistic director here at Constellation, is a magic expert. So he's been advising our prop master, Aubrey, on how to execute some of those tricks. So we're excited to put them into practice in tech. There's this part in the musical that isn't in the book or the original movie where it's the story that Matilda like makes up in our mind and it's of this escapologist and this acrobat and they're in love. They really want a child and they perform this incredible feat together. I don't want to spoil too much but uh -huh. and then there's this big recollection at the end where she realizes that this story isn't just in her brain, it's in real life. All spoken really like monologues of just telling this story to the librarian. And she discovers that her teacher is a really nice lady. That is somebody who she can trust. She defeats the Trunchbull by using her magic. And then the new headmistress is Miss Honey. And so they all live happily ever after. But it's more than just a play. This is a full-blown musical. Oh boy, there's a lot of music in the... There's a lot of full group songs and just songs that Matilda sings alone. There's like three. There's Naughty and then there's just like a reprise of Naughty and there's Quiet. There's a lot of really great with the kids singing or with the adults too. It's awesome. I really like it because it tells a lot. It just gives you the feel and there's this one song, Quiet, and the music tells you a lot about how Matilda is feeling in it. And like any good musical, there's dancing, too. I am so grateful to have such an incredible team working with me on this show. Lauren Houghton-Gillis is turning out amazing choreography that is just going to knock the socks off of everyone. And Brandon Madgett, our music director, is just such a gift. Um, everybody sounds fantastic. I know the orchestra is going to sound great, and I'm thrilled to, to be working with the two of them. They're just really wonderful collaborators. There's a lot of like really complicated dance, mm. and one song there in like PE class, and there's like a lot of like doing like push-ups and doing jumping jacks on the stage while you're singing. <laughs> oh my! There are some dance numbers, and it's a lot of fun. One of the dances is whenever they're exercising, and so it's exercising for a dance. We actually have push-ups in it. There's a scene where Miss Trunchbull, she grabs a girl and she spins her around. She has a harness on, and she grabs the straps and is swinging her. Of course, Matilda the Musical is a British story, so I wondered how that went down with a cast of American kids. They love it. You know, they love using some of the slang. You know, um, one of the characters in the show, he gets to say, oh, that's the bananas, you know? And so there's phrases like that that the kids really love to use. And the kids are actually, they're really excellent mimics, right? So they've been listening to the cast album, which is recorded by the London cast 
podcast, I believe. So they, they've been hearing that for months and their, their dialects are actually pretty good. I talk in a British accent frequently, like on a regular basis, I will just burst into a British accent. <laughs> I usually just do, well, anything. I've done from princesses to little street children. <laughs> <laughs> Putting on a big, complex show like this is an enormous amount of work, even for an all-adult cast. So I asked about that. This group is doing great. You know, a lot of them took camp with us over the summer, so they learned some of the material already. And then this is the first time we did this. This year we started running classes for all the kids who were in the show on Saturday mornings beginning in September. So we had auditions in late October, and then the kids started taking classes with us in September so they could learn some of their material before they started working with the full cast in November. All of the kids, we started a bit earlier than the full cast. We started in September, but full cast rehearsals just started November 14th, I believe. There is... 22, I believe, performances in all, but there are two casts of kids, mm -hmm. so each kid is going to do like 11 performances. It's been tiring because like you're getting home at 10 o'clock in the evenings, and so it's tiring, but it's also fun and it's an exciting experience for me at least because I'm with lots of these other girls and we're all doing this thing together so we all know what it is and we know what we're talking about which is just so much fun and we can laugh about things together and yeah. Then I wondered what were the hard parts, the biggest challenges these young people had been facing? For me it would probably be like doing it the director, Miss Kate's way, instead of doing it the way that I just think it should be done. Because uh -huh. that's just the way that I've always done it. And whenever I'm told to change, it's kind of hard for me to change and do it some other way. And so that's hard for me. It's also kind of hard for me to act like an abused child because I am not an abused child like Matilda. <laughs> there is a lot of lines and words, but that's one of the easier things to me, is remembering the words once I've done it a few times. It was a little bit hard at first whenever I was like, oh my goodness, I have all these lines. But then I started memorizing them and it was like, this isn't actually that bad, you know? And what did they think were the best parts? I really love music and I love all the songs. And also there's like a lot of really fun like theater magic that goes on that I've never been able to like experience before. Probably whenever I move the things with my eyes, I'm really looking forward to that. She moves a cup at first and we're gonna have like this launch and so it's just gonna fly up in the air and spin around. It's a show that I think kids just really connect to. The kids who are in the show love this show, and it's because it empowers children. It empowers children to do something about their situation if they are being treated poorly, if they are not being heard. You know, it empowers them to stand up and have a voice and fight back. And I think that that is a really great message because unfortunately there's a lot of kids who are in bad situations. And so to see a character like Matilda kind of rise up and have some 
power over her own situation and do something about that is really exciting. It's really cool and we've been working really hard on it and I recommend seeing it. <laughs> it's fun and it has lots of story and it's kind of like watching a movie except it's like there and happening in front of you. Never again will she get the best of me. Never again will she take away my freedom. We are revolting children living in revolting times. We sing revolting songs using revolting vibes. We'll be revolting children till our revolting time. It is two and eight for you. We are revolting! Matilda the Musical opens at the Buskirk Chumley Theatre on Thursday, December 14th, and runs through December 31st. Tickets are on sale now at the Buskirk Chumley box office. You can find out more and get tickets online at cconstellation.org. Up next, Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production between WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We turn now to that segment on the WFHB Local News. Welcome to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a weekly co-production from WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We highlight adoptable animals with special needs in South Central Indiana and spotlight topics to promote human animal welfare. First, here is today's featured animal. Today's featured pet comes to us from our local Bloomington, Indiana shelter. Meet Farley, an eight-year-old shepherd mix, and hear what his amazing foster family has to say about this handsome guy. Farley's foster family tells shelter staff that he proudly prances around with his bone in his mouth like he's won first prize. This makes them laugh a lot. Farley hasn't met a person he doesn't love. He is very gentle with everyone. He has not been introduced to any other dogs or cats while with his foster family, as he doesn't do well with other dogs. He does enjoy chasing squirrels and chipmunks. Farley is totally house trained. He gives a gentle nudge with his nose and goes towards the door. He's an older gentleman, so sometimes he wakes up a little earlier than his foster family on the weekend and asks to go outside, but that's because he's used to that routine during the week. Farley's best trick is charming everyone he meets. Neighbors love him and come outside to greet him when they see him walk by. When Farley finds his forever home, his family notes they will miss Farley's gentle, kind disposition. He has so much love to give, and his greatest desire is to just be with you. So what should a future adopter know about Farley? Farley is the best walker. He loves to go for walks down the lane, and you don't even notice that he is on a leash because he stays right next to you with total slack on the leash. He has bursts of energy, but then is content to relax and enjoy the moment. He loves to be outside and explore things. He loves a cozy dog bed. If you'd like to meet Farley or apply to adopt him, 
please call the Bloomington Shelter at 812-349-3492. If you're interested in adopting today's featured pet, you can learn more at our websites, goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org. You're listening to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production of WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We now turn to this week's featured topic. With the holidays right around the corner, it's often a time families are considering bringing a new pet home. There's so much to consider before adopting a pet, so we'll be talking about this next week too. Today's featured topic on Lil Bub's Lil Show is how to prepare for a new dog. Caring for a companion animal goes far beyond providing food, water, and shelter. It takes research and careful planning to bring the right pet into your home and to make sure your lifestyle is the right one for your pet. The first question to ask yourself is, are you ready to adopt? When adopting a pet, you are making a commitment to care for an animal for the rest of their life. That could mean 10 to 15 years for dogs and up to 20 years for cats. As you go through lifestyle changes, such as moves, the birth of children, and new jobs, your animal will remain a permanent part of your life. If circumstances change, will you still be able to care for your pet? And if not, do you have a plan for your animal to be cared for? Another point to consider is the cost of caring for a pet. Owning a dog costs more than the initial adoption fee. Food, veterinary care, spaying or neutering and proper identification, that means a collar with tags and a more permanent form of ID such as microchipping can add up. Make sure you have resources set aside to care for your pet as needed and look for a nonprofit veterinary clinic in your community. We are lucky to have the Monroe Humane Association serving South Central Indiana and offering low-cost veterinary services. Time is also a factor. Dogs benefit from several hours of exercise and companionship every day. If your work demands that you travel often, or if you're out of the house most days and evenings, this may not be the right time to adopt. It's important to consider whether your children along with any other pets you may already have, are able to accommodate the addition of a new dog to your household. And now the biggest question, which pet is right for you? Your personality and lifestyle, along with challenges such as space restrictions and amount of time spent at home, should be explored to determine what dog is right for your household. Research different breeds and ask shelter staff for guidance. They're experts at making perfect matches. Dogs are loyal and loving. They are social animals who thrive on being upstanding members of their families. Here are some important things to remember when considering the best dog for you. If there are young children in your home, a puppy may not be your best bet. You may want to consider adopting a medium-sized dog over five months of age it is a good idea to drop a schedule of who in the family will help with the care of your new dog, including walking, playing, feeding, and grooming. Don't forget to have your new pet spayed or neutered. Socialization is the key to a happy and confident dog. 
all puppies should be enrolled in a puppy class where part of the time is devoted to monitored play with other dogs. Basic manners classes can also help adult dogs brush up on their skills or learn new ones. Shelters are often filled with pit bull type dogs. There are many misconceptions about these dogs who can make amazing companions and loyal family pets. Before you adopt, be sure to call your local city hall or animal shelter to find out about any local breed laws. You may experience breed discrimination in some places. Legislation may prohibit you from living in certain communities and homeowners insurance may be harder to find. However, that shouldn't deter you from adopting a pit bull type dog. Just make sure you know your rights and limitations before you adopt. Once you've made the decision about which dog is right for you, it's time to prepare your space. Whether it's tightly sealing your garbage cans or paying attention to dangerous decorations during the holidays, you'll need to make your home safe before adopting. This includes keeping toxic foods, pet unfriendly plants, and dangerous household items out of paw's reach. Remember, Bub thinks you should always adopt, not shop, for a new pet. Visit your local shelter or rescue and find your new best friend today. Thank you for tuning in to Lil Bub's Lil Show on WFHB, produced in partnership with Lil Bub's Big Fund. For more info on today's featured animal and topic, find us online at goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org. Support for the WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com.